talk a lot about ballet in this podcast. That's not because we think ballet is a more legitimate dance form than others. It's only because we've had extensive experience with it. Experiences that we are just now starting to process and to disentangle. It's why a lot of what we say comes from an emotional place. And sometimes these emotions we're discovering as we're talking about them. There's some anger, there's some regret and doubt, and sure, there's a lot of joy. But we also recognize that ballet can be a problematic thing for some people to talk about in general, as so many were denied access to educations, institutions, or companies, just because they were shut out by ballet's criteria. We'd like to acknowledge Alicia Mulliken's recognizing systemic racism in dance. She takes the dance world to task for denying its own structural and systemic problems. And she specifically takes ballet to task. She asks us to stop saying that ballet is the foundation of all dance, that ballet is the most important, difficult technique. She calls attention to casting issues with race. We're refusing to acknowledge the racist pasts of some choreographers that we hold to be gods. We sincerely recommend that you go through and read her points discuss them with your friends, and then try to implement them in your practice, in your studios, in your choreographies, in your workplaces. And so without further ado, let's jump right into it with this week's spatial meditation, followed by our conversation with Adriana Pierce. Well, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Space Home. Today, Joseph's space is blobby and messy, and Caroline's space is one long cut stem, shielding her from a mass of papers just to the threshold of adulthood. But here in the space hold, their voices get mixed up. I don't know where it came from, but it, the space has started to get its own ideas about itself. It looks around and says, I am probably enough. My neighbor rings the door and says that she is going to the hospital again. I answer her in my bad German and she insists that she does not need me to take care of her laundry. I feel helpless, and my friend Casey boils an egg. I try to do my taxes. My space wraps itself around me. It asks itself, why do I use the word I so much? Is this bad? Is this why the edges are so frayed? I feed my space a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It calms down for a second and stands up. It stands to reason. It opens itself and insists that time travel has and always will be possible. But this is probably the last time we have this conversation. Like this. My space and I are a temporary organism. Beautiful, singular, but brief. Take a picture and repost it while you can. Something's gotta change, and something undoubtedly will. Let's not drive this bus straight into the ground. 
Let's let it hover for a couple of seconds. Let the edges fray and dance and glitter and manifest all the arts funding, all of the pies, an infinite supermarket with infinite pies, in which all the pie bakers control all the means of all of the productions. Let's produce without producing. Let's breathe in. And hold. And hold. Maybe I'll turn mine off. Hold on, it just popped up. I want a cool background. I've got, I've got a cat. I got Dante. Oh yeah. There we go. Color scheme, at least. We're attacking you from the vaporwave angle. Yeah. Wow. Wow, this is very. It, it, like I was kind of waiting because I was like, I don't know how this works, and then I realized the two of you showed up on like kind of like waiting participants things, and I was like, it's like entering a virtual room at the same time. You kind of wanted to like, you know, get it. I didn't. I didn't. I, didn't, I was. I was. I was like, I don't know if we're, like if you're meeting somebody somewhere, you meet. You like want to get there all at the same time, kind of. You don't want to like, and I, I thought like maybe you could do like the virtual waiting thing. What else? Sure. Anyway. How, okay, so how is everybody? Like, we've we, we arrived. We, it's Stay happening. Old. We, we thought it wasn't going to happen. It's I Sunday don't have night. A torso. A torso is, doesn't exist. <laughs> it's Sunday night at nine seventeen, technically, but it could be much earlier. So it will go out on a Sunday still, which we are beholden to. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> beholden to the Sunday rule. There was Air no Sunday. Kind of like, are we going to get it out on a Sunday? Is it going to? Is it? Oh, we I always get, get it out on a Sunday. Yep. <laughs> so I've been um, getting lots of things out today. What did you? What have you gotten out today? Uh, Casey and I are like recording ratchet pop songs. Um, and what was? Uh, what are these ratchet pop songs about? One of them is about the first female astronaut. Do you know who that is? No. Her name is Tereshkova. She was a Russian lady who was like an amateur skydiver or something. And just Russia was like, well, America is not sending any ladies up to space. So let's do it like 20 years before America gets on board. And they did. And she like flew solo like around the world four times and landed by herself in Siberia. So, you know, we stand Tereshkova. So we're singing a song about her. Nice. Is, <laughs> yeah. it, is it more than one song? No, it's one long song that goes through like, <laughs> there's like a spoken word part and there's like a clip from a Japanese science fiction movie and then there's some pop music in it. Um, have you done so anything, anything of note in your week in Berlin? I have chaperone, I have not chaperone, that's the wrong word. I have. 
I have had the pleasure to accompany Casey, my friend Casey, around the various neighborhoods. Um, I didn't do my taxes, which I desperately need to do. Um, yeah, the Stryak Fest yeah. is coming up on the 39th, 31st. The 39th, if only July had 39 <laughs> days. Yeah. It comes up all the time on every single social media platform. It's like, Stryak Fest is in six target like the deadline is in six days and it's just like german taxes are kind of a nightmare especially if you're a freelancer um and you don't it's like stopped. have an innate I, understanding I, of german bureaucracy what i take so, as a good sign is that they've stopped trying to get me to do my american taxes like they've stopped trying to be like we become, like should not become, talk we should not talk about american taxes on any sort of broadcasting <laughs> platform i'm just gonna stay real silent about that i do not exist I do not exist. <laughs> Caroline, we have to do this. No, we don't have to. We need to not talk about it so that nobody <laughs> finds me ever, okay? <laughs> I have never worked in the States. I moved away when I was 19. Don't come for me. It's true. Yeah, it would not be good if it came for you. No. I'm sure also, it's the like only country. It's the only country in the world that has, or not the only country in the world, one of the only countries that has uh, tax compliance, like if you don't live there. There's no reason for that. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to get making stressful. Um, there, yeah, I make them stressful for myself, it's okay. No. Um, wait, so uh, we are here with Adriana Pierce because like for the, maybe the past year, maybe more, I've been trying to like mm -hmm. record an interview and like sometimes having conversation is more fun than thinking about the record the conversation is going to have somehow. Mm -hmm. And I, I really enjoyed listening because like, so like this was um, uh, the like energy that created this conversation was listening to the last conversation we had where I was like, you know what, Carolyn and I are going to start a podcast soon. We should probably record an interview. And then we had like way too many Whole Foods beers and like sat in Jose's apartment. <laughs> With like fans on, like in most of, like I listened to the recording and there's like kind of fans going back and forth. You have this constant like noise. And um, <laughs> it's not that what we said wasn't like, useful, but I, I wanted, I wanted to, ooh, robot voices. I wanted to, um, to just kind of like edit that conversation and then like put it up. And then I was like, well, I feel like I've learned a lot of things or changed my opinions on a lot of things since then. And I, maybe it's not the rep best representation of like I don't know. So I think maybe it would be cool to like have a, to like talk about those similar things, but like after the world has like started to like come to a screeching strange halt. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. When was that even? I was trying to remember. It was, was summer twenty nineteen. It was last year. It last feels like summer. it was t a decade ago, and maybe it feels like kind of two thousand eighteen because it still had this sort of like maybe everything's gonna be fine feeling to it but yeah it was mm -hmm. definitely it was last summer i also I have it on my phone because this phone used to be joseph's phone and i have very little music on this phone so whenever i press like shuffle play it's always like the fourth thing that comes up is the podcast that you guys recorded together so. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah i've heard it <laughs> yeah a lot has happened since then the world is a different Place. But I feel like we were kind of pessimistic. We were pessimistic then, in a way, but yeah, like I'm not as place. pessimistic as we have to be. I'm sorry. We're, we have a bit of a delay. Um, 
yeah, I feel like I was in a really, it was like we were pessimistic before, but I feel like we are going to be much more pessimistic now. Mm -hmm. Seeing that's the case? Um, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Why do you feel like you're more pessimistic now? Um, I think before I was trying to, like we were talking a lot about um, systems of creation and who uh, who's able to hold the microphone and why and the kind of like minutia of, of dance history and the future. And I feel like now it's more like, uh, how are we going to eat? And does anything have any kind of meaning? I think mean, now it's just more existential and like mm -hmm. uh, macabre. Yes. Yeah, I mean, wait, so, the, so, wait, so tell, tell us like maybe like kind of briefly who you are <laughs> and then like <laughs> <laughs> briefly um so i'm adriana pierce i know joseph and caroline from sab years and years and years ago yep um and yeah i have uh, i'm a dancer i went to sab i um did my apprenticeship with joseph at new york city ballet and then I went to Miami City Ballet for a while. And then I came back up to New York a few years ago to do Broadway and musical theater, which has been kind of a fun career about face. But um, so that's what I'm doing now. So I've been in New York during all the pandemic stuff and everything that's been going on uh, right now. No, I think when we first spoke, uh, we spoke last year, it was right after your article had been published. And we were like, kind of mainly talking yes. about that at the beginning. Yes. Um, ha did, has anything changed on that front for you? Um, not really. It, because actually, this is interesting. I actually have a story to tell that is involved um, with story that. Story time. So yeah. Yay. <laughs> so I put out this article about a year ago during Pride Month. And um, it was just the first time I was really speaking publicly about my queerness and my experience as a queer woman in professional ballet and just kind of my journey with that. And, and, you know, cause I, you know, I've never spoken, I've been out, you know, everyone knows, but I haven't spoken about it that publicly. And it was really a hard article for me to write. I found because I, I, I guess I had been holding on to a lot more anger and, um, kind of just like emotions about about it than I than I thought, <laughs> but I finally got it out there, and then um, you know people read it and it was good. But and I had wanted to kind of push it more, but I found that I <laughs> getting it out there was kind of like the most I could do at that moment. Um, but so then fast forward a year um, during this last Pride Month, which it, you know was a little bit of a weird a different type of pride month than I think that we usually have um, just because of circumstances and you know other things that were going on in the world but dance magazine posted an article and I saw it on Twitter and it's the title of it was something like dance and pride um, LGBTQ plus experience in dance I, something along those lines and I click it and there was the, the one the, the first person that they had kind of interviewed for this article was a young woman named Kiara who dances at Le Grand Ballet in Montreal. 
And I was completely like floored, like flabbergasted. <laughs> um, and I immediately, because we don't, I, I, I mean, I've never, we don't just, it was like, oh, this is a very similar experience to mine and what how did I not know who this person was like what 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 so I immediately reach out to her and we started chatting and only then did I realize that that article was posted a year ago also I thought it was a oh, new wow. article but it had been posted last summer two days after my article came out well Definitely synchronicity, but then also we were just both of us kind of looking at each other. We had a FaceTime meeting just to chat and connect. And we were just like, I don't know how we didn't know about each other. And <laughs> I, it kind of prompted a, a, a nice discussion about, you know, basically like, look, the dance world is going to talk about the thing, like the things the dance world wants to talk about. And mm. I, and it, it, it was interesting to see that we both do exist in the same space, but for, but no, there's, but since we're no, no one's talking about what we're talking about or what we you know, our experiences, then like, then it's not visible in any way or in any like larger way. Um, mm. So that was kind of difficult to accept a little bit because also, you know, I've been literally saying for 15 years that I feel isolated and alone and have no one else to talk to who, who has specifically my experience in professional, in like the like small insular problematic <laughs> um, ballet, professional ballet bubble. So that was kind of a big thing that happened recently. I mean, it's really, I can't believe that's the first person that you've been able to kind of like uh connect with like that way mm -hmm. it's really um yeah is it is it the first person or is it just kind of the shock of not knowing that somebody like had a was like kind of like mirror mirroring your own experience and like different settings well i mean there were there have been actually the very the first time that i had like a really amazing connection um was actually with katie pyle who um does ballets in um here in New York and it, they're doing just like kind of amazing oh, yeah. work um and anyway so I sat I, I reached out to Katie when my article came out and um we we had coffee and that was really emotional for me because that was the first time that I looked in the face of someone else and we and had a shared experience like the first time I felt that we just I don't know. And after all this time, and also after leaving the ballet world, I mean, now I'm in theater and it's a whole, that's like a whole different animal, but I just, so that was the first time that happened. But then this, I guess, I guess I was just very struck by the fact that our, our both of our stories, my story and Kiara's story, like are both out there very publicly and no one in the community, like, saw those through lines and for some mm. reason the algorithm of the internet and social media did not connect and um let let us let let us see each other i just <laughs> i just was very struck struck by that and we had do have very similar i mean similar um kind of stories and so 
I mean, yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. I don't know. It's like, because um, I guess like it'd be interesting, I guess you're going to talk about this, but the difference between not being in the theater world as opposed to the ballet world and like your experience with that. Because I'm also thinking now like being and maybe more like of a contemporary dance scene, um, mm -hmm. which just has like a com like completely different approach to queerness anyway. Um, like how much, I don't know, like not that it's, not that there aren't still problems, but I just think especially like, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here, but like, I think for women, there is like definitely like, it seems like just like there's more of a, a place or a kind of understanding and like also with, I don't know, with like gender representation and stuff for women. I'm just thinking I was like doing a piece recently with like non-binary women and like, you know, I don't know, just that, that like all these like problems of representation that like, um, get like get like caught up in like the kind of the ballet machine like the ballet aesthetic or something I don't know it's just like I'd be interested to hear like what your experience or like how it's different now that what you said like the, the theater world or how that's yeah um, yeah definitely well I think well just just ballet is so one it's just like a one track um one you know it, it's just so, so narrow and i can i can see that why why being like working in, in more of like a contemporary sphere sphere would be way more um open and um thoughtful about gender and 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 things and here's the thing which is interesting about doing theater is that a lot of times we are still doing all of these pieces and shows that are you know sexist and yeah, okay. yeah and and have and have you know similar like gender um what's the word i'm like it's a stifling like gender like binary um issues it's not that it's not that the material is any more open or diverse necessarily uh -huh. okay say for a say for a few things but there are more like queer people mm. um i but but i would i would still say that the cisgender like gay man or gay male voice in theater is still the most powerful one um, uh -huh. but there uh the, when i when i first moved to new york i immediately linked up with this amazing group called um ring of keys and mm -hmm. um it's a group for queer um women and non-binary and trans identified um performers and people that work in the theater industry and I was so excited that there that there are people and you know who are That's not just, wait what's the name again can you say the name what, what's the organization called it's again? called it's called ring of keys ring of keys like, like something you carry around to like keep yourself safe on ninth avenue <laughs> yes and <laughs> in between your knuckles <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly um but it's actually based on the the musical um, Fun Home. Did you guys remember when that was out? And it's that's like that was. It's was based it a, on, was um, it a, uh, a what do you call it a graphic novel? Yes, it was originally a graphic novel, and they made it into a musical. And Ring of Key, the song Ring of Keys, is one this young this young uh, the younger version of the main character sees um, like a, a, a she sees a woman who presents in a way that she immediately recognizes and identifies with and the ring of keys somehow was this, oh, like, very man. symbol. I, I remember this book she's like it, it's just it's just she's really little and like somebody comes to fix something in her house no 
Mm-hmm. 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 Some sort of like, yeah. Exactly. And she sees, she, and then the song, she talks about seeing like the boots and the dungarees and the ring of keys, which um, anyone who, <laughs> who <laughs> is in the queer, like queer world, we, I mean, there's, there's just, you know, the ring of, they hit, you hear the keys and they're on, they're looped on the, on the belt, on the belt loops and you hear it when they're walking around. So I was, anyway. So that's what, so Ring of Keys does amazing work and um, trying to bring awareness and also I think they're trying to work on like being kind of like a consulting voice also mm-hmm. um, for, for new projects that are being created. So, so, so the theater world is very different because the material might not be like very open, but, mm-hmm. but um, I don't feel as alone, certainly. Mm-hmm. I do remember honestly feeling that I did have kind of a crazy realization though. When I first came to the city, I was working on Carousel, the the Justin Peck choreographed um, revival production. And, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because it was the first time that I was doing the same piece all day, every day, and realized that for my future, I was only going to be doing like that performing that work you know in the ballet world and freelance world you do different projects and that project is over yeah the next one or you do a few you know what I mean but so here I was looking looking into the future very many months likely of doing of of living in like 18 what what year it was late late 1800s like New England oh my god and and yeah and it was so (laughs) interesting (laughs) Save, yeah, save I your was... <laughs> yeah. It's a, so the, I just... the infinite clam bake. <laughs> infinite, yeah. Yes, forever. Clam bake forever. <laughs> and, you know, and, and there's, we women obviously hold a very specific place, both like in that setting and also in the show Carousel, which, you know, is like maybe the, one of the most traditional Broadway shows and so I had there I had a there was a span of a few weeks during rehearsals where I had to really like reconcile um with like understanding that I was gonna need to be able to turn that on and off um Mm -hmm. for myself easily because I was gonna be in that world literally every day for months and um that was the first time that I kind of had to had to do that and I also in the same way realized that it's pretty much very likely that I will never, at least in theater, um, be able to play a character who is not like straight and traditionally feminine or, you know, I never have in ballet and I probably in my career never will if I stay within like this. And that was difficult for me to swallow. But well, necessarily true. difficult. I mean, I don't know. Should you swallow that? You should, you should like keep a little bit in the back of your throat so you can spit it out just at the right moment. <laughs> spit it. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? I mean, and there, there are also, also are like um, the Alanis Morissette musical, Jagged Little Pill that's on Broadway. Um, right now, well, when Broadway reopens someday. Oh, the the um, What? What? <laughs> so you already choreographed it. He did. I'm not uh, laughing. Okay. <laughs> right. I, it was just surprise. It just I just remember 
I just remember singing like like that Good Morning. Was it a Good Morning America? Good Morning America. Did that yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just. I Atlantis. I, I have, listen to that album on repeat. Have I have my feelings. I mean, I also listen to that album on repeat as a teenager. I'm not like coming for Jagged Little Pill, but. <laughs> <laughs> just an interesting combination of things like yeah okay yeah right. you're yeah, like you're waiting I mean, for them the show... to have like ironic little hand movements and like <laughs> oh wait there were absolutely there's ironic hand movements <laughs> in the in the choreography i mean to be fair i enjoyed i had a great time at the show um but and you know i think i i can say a lot of different things about it but a very cool thing for me, I felt, is that it's just, it's super queer. Like, the lead mm. characters that are queer, queer, there's a lead character that's, like, non-binary. I mean, and they just, like, and they're unapologetic about it. And I, I loved that. I loved that, mm. seeing that on, on a Broadway stage. So, you know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember, do you remember Jan Rosenberg? She loved it. Yeah, yeah. Jan, Rogan, Jan yeah. Rosenberg was all about it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't I really know, Caroline, I, I have a, this a playwright friend of ours from okay. Brooklyn at a time, and I don't know, I, I feel like just, it, it's nice to stay in touch with our playwright, playwright friend who's named Jen Rosenberg, because I feel like she's probably going to be famous one day. Yeah. Mm. I got to see one of Jan's uh, uh, plays, uh, must have been like a year and a half ago probably, but I got to go see it, and that was really, really fun. This was the like, American Girl Doll and, one? No, it was the one about like social media. There was some like twisted game the kids were playing on their phones. Oh, um, oh anyway, I miss me in New York. Yeah, come back. Oh man, I was, was like listening to this uh, interview that we did. I was like, oh no, I should have enjoyed <laughs> it further. Also, uh, oh yeah, there was a couple things also. Like we talked about um, sort of like the olive branch of like back then, like what the what institutionalized dance was. So like before, because mm -hmm. I guess it doesn't really exist anymore, and it's gonna have to rebuild. But like what it was hap what was happening in 2019, I suppose, or maybe even earlier, it was people programming things that were like like as uh, had like straight cis people making dances that were performatively queer in a, in my eyes, cynical way. Um, and we kind of talked about like what the, like if that, like how that added to the conversation around queerness in dance or in institutionalized dance or in ballet specifically. Um, mm -hmm. um, or like how that had to do with partnering. You also spoke a bit about like how you dealt with partnering in your work. I don't know if you want to like rehash any of those thoughts. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, I am like obsessed with partnering, um, obsessed with like, it, it, in terms of like my ballet choreography, like evening the playing field between the bodies, um, so, but like still using kind of a te technique that looks like it's based in classicism, but doesn't actually like adhere to any sort of gender, um, or, or at least like the structure that we learn in partnering class with like, you know, the woman boring for the doing the pirouettes. Um, and I actually, um, something that has happened since we had that original meeting, I did a pas de deux, I choreographed a pas de deux for Carolina Ballet that was, that premiered literally like the day before the pandemic hit 
basically, like really, really hard. Um, so I was really glad that it, that it was able to premiere. But anyway, um, I was really excited about that piece and I had multiple people come up to me and talk about how it felt like it could have been danced by anyone, um, any type of person. And I think that for me, like that is the way to be progressive for, for a ballet, specifically like for a traditional like ballet audience. Um, because you, we do, as you're saying, like we do have a lot of people right now who are tr thinking critically, I guess, about how that, like, they know that, like, ballet needs to evolve, and, like, we need to talk, we, we need to be talking about gender, we need to be talking about sexuality in, in, in ballet choreography, and, like, I think that is, like, really important and really valuable, and because, yeah, we really do, we should be talking about, like, racism, too, so let's talk about all of, all the things, um, but when a straight cisgender choreographer tries to tackle those topics I often feel very alienated by by the works and I feel like that's probably like the opposite outcome than they're probably hoping for and mm. that to me that to me tells me that like they're not doing it right because it shouldn't feel <laughs> tokenizing as and, and performative as you say mm -hmm. like I mean that like what do you what what good is that doing I mean, it, it's, it's in a way, it's the same. Uh, the other day I sent a um, duet that I'd seen on on social media to Caroline. I was like, I'm mm -hmm. upset about watching this and I don't know why. And there's a, it, there's a choreograph choreographer that had made a piece for two uh, Black dancers about Black Lives Matter. And okay. it's, it was, it delivered in such a way that it seemed... I mean, I mean, like, it didn't, it didn't directly anger me, but it was just like raised some eyebrows of like, why the hell now? Like, what, what are you, what are you hoping to accomplish with this like giant social media blast of like, mm -hmm. this piece that you're now that that, that you're, you're this is suddenly so important to your work that in your practice and like, where, yeah, like I said, it just seemed kind of cynical. It seemed sort of like, yeah, this is where we're going with that guys now. Let's just do this. And on the other hand, like, there's the argument to be made like, oh, but shouldn't it be great that you're making space for these ideas and your work? Okay, but I think better, this choreographer maybe could have better uh, made space for the kind of egalitarian or uh, progressive concepts by actually like maybe creating a fund or mm -hmm. creating a scholarship or instead of, you know, looking for more kind of self-aggrandizing opportunists uh content mm -hmm. um and that's kind of the way i feel about this, the work that we're talking about it's like it's not that you need it's not about staying in your lane it's kind of like also like maybe part of the larger conversation around um identity politics and and creation and dance and art it doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you only have to do what you you don't have to stick to what you know but you have to deal with the subject matter in a kind of mature and well-rounded way and i don't think it's always that Right. And if it's something, if it's a subject that, like, you don't know intimately about, then, you know, it's also, like, okay, maybe, to let other people talk about it. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and probably the better. To pass the mic, right? Like, pass, pass the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what we should be doing. Like, because, 
because then if it's not authentic and it's you know and and thoughtful and and made by someone who is knowledgeable about what's happening like i just what are we doing <laughs> it perpetuates it's harmful it's it perpetuates like harmful either stereotypes or you know i don't know yeah i mean it's like i i'm thinking also like often how pieces still to this day will use like a man in a dress as like a punchline mm -hmm. like here comes like the funny like clown-esque like man in the dress and it's like <laughs> i don't know like things like that like i don't like still using like queerness mm -hmm. as like a as a joke or like i've yeah. seen so many pieces like, like that recently like especially in a ballet setting or mm -hmm. i don't know there's always like um, the midsummer's dream moment when they the two lovers accidentally kiss each other and they go like Bleh. oh yeah, yeah. No exactly no homo, like, performative. I had, like, a very long conversation about this with somebody who I will not name, who was also, like, just, like, expressed also, like, their total fear for ever bringing this up in a, like, more public setting. And it's maybe kind of relates to what you said earlier, Adriana, about this idea that you had to swallow the fact that maybe you would never perform character that aligned with your own Mm -hmm. identity and they were just saying like how difficult it was then on a daily basis to like have to perform this toxic heteronormativity on stage mm -hmm. like they were a queer person and like besides not like identifying with it they also recognized that it was like kind of like, like what you're talking about partnering it mm -hmm. often like is sort of violent towards women or demeaning or like oh yeah they, so like both sides they're like i don't want to perform my like I don't want to perform the straight side of somebody I don't identify with and like I recognize it's like objectifying this woman and I'm doing both these things and I hate it so yes yeah yeah and then, um, and then um, oh sorry no I was just about to say like we're like two minutes oh, or two minutes away from our, our thingy so do you want to like just take like one breath and then meet each other back here for another round yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm gonna get a tea. Okay. Are you okay? It's okay, buddy. It looks like he's gonna. It's like he's gonna have a hairball, but he's not gonna. You're okay. Breathe. There you go. You're okay. You're okay. Okay, we're good. We're back. We're back. Okay, ask me that question again. Okay. You can just edit um, that right out. And well, I'm, maybe I'll just keep it. It'll be fun. Maybe we'll make like a little music. <laughs> Poor Dante. Um, oh yeah, look at his face. Oh, he's so grumpy. Um, <laughs> so that was that was all the stuff like pre March of 2020. So what has happened to you in your life since the spring? Yeah. So. So at the beginning of March, I was in Raleigh. Had just premiered this ballet. Was like feeling really great about it, and then that's when people were starting to talk about this like thing that was going to kill us all maybe, but it was unclear. And then um, I got back to New York and it became clear this was a thing. And then I've pretty much just been in New York. Um, and I think the begin the first part of the pandemic was for me, like just feeling a little bit, I letting myself go to a place of like, sadness <laughs> and confusion mm -hmm. because what is the future what is happening and also like as a dancer like not not being not like literally not being allowed to to do my work was hard 
so I've, I think the first half I really just kind of let myself sink into that, which in hindsight might not have been the best thing, but also it didn't feel like there was another option. Mm. Gotta lean into it um, sometimes. But then when the world started kind of, yeah, I agree. Um, then the world all of a sudden started like blowing up and we started like fighting actively um, systemic racism. So that was great. And um, then, so I got obviously very involved with that. And that I think kind of helped also pull out of the pandemic feelings, but that literally I've just been sitting here in New York waiting to go back to work. So that's it. <laughs> um, how's it been with like the projects you're working on? Like, does it feel like there's gonna be a future? Like what is there like with Broadway? Like how, how is that happening? Um, well, as of right now, Broadway is not closed until next year now. Um, they're saying 2021. They're saying probably spring of 2021 that the existing shows are going to be able to open. Um, as far as new shows, we don't know what's happening. Hopefully we'll be able to rehearse sooner, depending on what like the rules about having people in a room are. But mm. so hopefully by the fall, I'll be able to get back to work. But Other than that, I, who knows? It's been, it's a little bit hard over here, so. Um, how has the unemployment system, like, has it worked? Have you been able to talk to anybody? Like, has it been frustrating? Um, I, I luckily have been kind of okay because I already had a claim open um, because, like, I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works in Germany, but, like, when we are not working, like, like artists in this country, like we're just always on unemployment. If we're not working on unemployment, it's like what you do. It's part of the way things work. It's this very strange yeah. system. So I have already had a claim open. So I didn't need to, I think the people that were having problems was when thousands, like tens of thousands of people were trying to all open claims at the same time. And the system was just like, no, I'm not, we can't do that, basically. And that was when it was bad, but I didn't have that problem because I already had a claim open. So it's actually been okay. And we've got a little extra money, so that's okay. Um, that ends this week. So the next couple months, I don't know what it's, what's gonna happen, but it's all very like survival mode right now, emotionally, monetarily, getting through it. Mm -hmm. And are you, what, are what, you what has it been like? Were you guys there? Oh, sorry. What did you say? Oh, no. It's I, then I was going to ask about distancing. Um, yeah, vastly different. Like, I'm a freelancer and I just registered in Berlin. And um, Berlin, like, had this, like, pretty amazing response for freelancers and, like, specifically artists because they're literally only unemployed artists living in Berlin. Nobody okay. else. So, they basically just gave us like no questions asked um, 5,000 euros. So I feel incredibly lucky to, to have, to be here and like, yeah. Wow. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, that's why I like, I really like, I, <laughs> I feel even like bad talking to my friends in America. Cause it's, I, you know, they didn't even ask me what I did or I don't think they even asked me for my tax number. Um, and yeah, that kind of, so like the quarantine for me, I just had a huge amount of security and could just kind of enjoy the downtime and kind of- I mean, it might, it might hit us later, this whole like 
Like, yeah. Were, like, I think it was like, you'll be fine for now, but like in the future, I think that I'm pretty sure ballet companies are going to be cutting a lot of things. There's already talk of a bunch of uh, uh, dance schools or ballet schools wide, quote unquote, widening their their curriculum to include things mm-hmm. that are not artistic. So a lot of a bunch of like high level like ballet students being told like maybe you shouldn't study ballet anymore. Essentially, I, mean, I think that's kind of fine if like they're gonna focus a little bit more on their like you know academic. Yeah, I mean, I think, as well. But, but, but imagine like for us in hindsight, it's like maybe kind of nice, but. I think if you told me that when I was like 17 and like really wanted to join a ballet company, I would have been like, what the hell? I'm not going to go to physics. Really? Right. But you know? yeah, but like the thing is like, you should, if you go to art school, you should go to, you should learn philosophy. You know, I don't yes. know. It's kind of this yeah. idea that dan- that's like another stigma that I think the dancers aren't intellectual that we like, I'm all for dancers going to their academic classes. Yes, and I think that like the, the like starting age for like working in as a ballet dancer is too young, but yeah, I don't know. I think it would, like the, the it would again have like a kind of big giant paradigm shift of like what's necessary and like okay, who, what's who yeah, hiring what's and what and what the work is and what, you know, what the thing is. Yeah, of course, and like in I don't know, I believe in. In a in a in a perfect in a perfect uh, kind of artistic environment, it'd be great to have people entering the workforce at 25 with all the tools that they wish that they needed and enjoyed to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think just like still, I think things will get worse in Europe, and I don't want to like shit all over America more than anybody else is already. It's just like it's just not <laughs> comparable. You just cannot compare like the systems, yeah. like, um, and I think oh, that's yeah. kind of. Like, sure, like, things are going to get bad and they're going to get worse in Europe. But I just really believe, like, the social systems are so strong, especially in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's just a net. There's a net that, like, you have to try really hard to fall through. And that just does not exist in the States. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you don't, everybody here has health insurance. Like, if you get sick, they're going to, you're going to get taken care of. Like, it's it's a different mentality and I think um, that's why a lot of people are talking like like oh like the moral compass maybe is you know not it's not we're not looking to America anymore for guidance and like I think in a weird way Europe is kind of like they've had these social democracies for a while now and it's interesting now to see like okay when there is a crisis this seems to be a much better model <laughs> for yeah I hope that people are re- recognizing that in the U.S. like I, I yeah. think I, I think not everybody, obviously, but I, I do hope that this serves as a little bit of a wake-up call that, like, whatever we've been doing, I mean, it shouldn't have taken a pandemic for that to yeah. happen, but, like, whatever we're doing is not sustainable. It's not working for a lot of people. Are you feeling okay? Like, what do you, what is your kind of, like, day-to-day, like? Um, <laughs> my day-to-day is... Um, the, I have to figure out how to work out and mm-hmm. stay in shape, which is hard. Um, and so I, I would say that every single day I wake up and try to, and try to say like, how can I, how can I structure my day so that I could work out? Um, but like doing a bar in the, in my bedroom is not great. And then like trying to do workouts, like in the living room floor or like in the park it's hard so I think for me that that at this point has been kind of like my priority 
Um, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit weird for me right now. I don't really have like projects. I usually have like things going on artistically, but or like creatively, I don't really have any of those right now. And I think that again, like I was saying a lot of, for a while in the first few months of this, I let myself kind of dissociate or just like kind of step away. But now all of a sudden I'm in a place where like, what am I doing? Like I, uh, I need to figure out how to be stimulated. Like, but I, it's just been such a weird time. No, I, completely, I remember like the first couple of weeks I was like, this is great. I was really asking to do nothing, but I didn't, I, um, didn't, I really like got sucked into sort of like the, the loveliness of nothing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we started writing this ridiculous musical and right maybe a few weeks ago we got I, at least i was like i was like oh no like what maybe we, we, like, we should do things with this we should apply it for funding mm-hmm. we should like try and make something happen that was i think the last productive moment i've had and i think like since then it's sort of like slid back into like well everything i got a twitter account and then i was i just like wake up in the morning and look at how every how like just i just watch people react to how terrible things are or also like I don't know. Do you do you have this function on Facebook where you like look at the look at a video and then look at it's like not for the comments. Like Facebook like tells you other videos to watch. Yeah. Uh, all of these videos have just become right wing videos suddenly. Like what? I can't. I can't. I'm not suggested anything anymore that is. I mean, I kind of never was suggested anything that I could identify with, but now it's actively. It's like YouTubers and Facebook pages of like this guy named Anomaly. You know who this person is? He's like a no. super famous, like white rapper dude that kind of speaks like this, has like very long hair, and he's just sort of like, guys, Black Lives Matter is a hoax that the left is using to manipulate black people into voting for Joe Biden. And if you can't see that, then you're blind. And you're, and you're sort of like, uh, like this, it's like it's like this kind of stuff that's constantly being sent to me. And so I was just like looking around. I was like, the Facebook algorithms have kind of gone crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I sit around in my apartment and like, and like think about different ways the world's gonna end. Suck a bug, suck a bug, suck a bug. Right. So I always, I always think about that scene from Princess Bride for some reason when I think. Okay, wait, I which think scene? About... I, I, wait, I made a sound. I made a sound in agreement, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Like when, um, <laughs> when it's like Billy Crystal's character, and and she's like. He's like, don't say that name. And she's like, humpadink, humpadink, humpadink. Oh, yeah, humpadink, humpadink. <laughs> and they be like, suck, suck a bug, suck a bug, suck a bug. <laughs> oh, got it. Sorry. Okay, that was a, oh, that was a little upfield. Sorry. It was your, it was, you kind of, you just, no, it's fine. It's like you, I like that you adapted Zuckerberg. No context. Yeah. And you, you just, you just, that, that, that dropped R is what really threw me to the loop, the Zuckabug. Oh, Zuckabug. Zuckabug. And I'm, and I'm thinking of, like, that picture, that meme that's going around of him right now with all the, like, the sun, the, like, the sun cream the on sun his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought you said suck, suck a bug. Suck a bug, suck a bug, suck a yeah. bug. No, it's oh, really yeah. beautiful. It's really one of those beautiful, like, it's such a, it looks, it looks like a, it's like a Renaissance painting. Yeah, that gives me it, hope. Like the light, the I don't light believe in hope, really but it's yeah. Nihilist memes give me give me hope. I mean, yeah, I think that's like another kind of trending theme right now is like algorithms of oppression, or I don't know. I'm like also a bit scared with like how all these right wing um, videos are getting circulated right now and how innocent it is, you know. But 
And people, people could really, if you don't feel like being part of the discourse or if you're like feeling a bit lazy or a bit sort of like, I don't know, defunding the police seems extreme. It, it's appealing, you know, to say, um, both sides have, have, have problems. Like let's, let's not focus on, on our differences. Let's focus on our, on like what we have in common. We should, we should not deal with labels. Um, this and this whole this like reasoning is so maddening to me because it's it's it feels like you're willfully disengaging from uh, the world. Well, you are. No. You want to believe you want to believe that the truth is simplistic and can be explained by a white rapper with dreadlocks, you know, like <laughs> and a few easy statements. A um, is like B, and of, you're right. I guess kind of like the point of the space hold is to like take all of these thoughts and think about like how are we going to go into the future and like how are we going to do the things we used to be doing but better and more collaboratively and better informed or like or not even better but like how are we going to be how are we going to do it like how how are we how are we with consciousness going to move from this time to that one like how are we going to get to a point like in this conversation yesterday like last year what was so i, I don't know i felt what was cool is I was like, oh wow, like I really thought that it was going to be possible to like make a difference somehow. And I feel like a lot of the events the past few months have either some of it's been heartening, but some of it's been really just depressing. It and like no, nothing, nothing's possible, you know. It almost feels like you know who was I listening? I was listening to some some climate scientists say like best case scenario, we have terrible, terrible wars and like massive extinctions of human beings and at some point we figure out a way to like have put sails or things that like reflect light into the atmosphere like mirrors and things mm -hmm. so that we can live oh was, my god <laughs> i was just like and he was like yeah i hope that happens otherwise you know the planet will be doomed like we're already locked into so much terror i was just like how am i supposed to think about performance art you know, or like dramaturgy. Why am I doing any of this shit? Yeah, that's part of it. I think it's interesting that you feel like now nothing matters because I don't know, like I have a lot of existential dread just constantly, you know, and I periodically go through that like, oh, the world's gonna end and there's no hope for climate change. And like those articles have been coming out for the last 20 years, you know, but yeah. I feel like now, in a weird way now, because like parts of the world are burning and we have the time to watch it, I feel like there is more faith in direct action. Like I feel like there is a little bit more hope for performance art or all these things and like taking like, like knowing that you can't move the mountain, but that your actions do have weight and can move something. They can move another person that can move the mountain. So that's, it's interesting. I, I actually feel, I don't feel hopeful, but I feel like I have more agency, even if I, yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, I, I think I'm I've been conflicted too because I think that on one hand, Caroline, as you're saying, like I, I feel like somehow there are like no rules right now, and people mm -hmm. are, and, and on one hand, it feels like well, maybe now, maybe now moving forward, like people can say things and be heard, or things mm -hmm. can actually change. I don't know, maybe. But then, I'm, then my on my on a more like personal level, talking about how like unemployment and my and living as an artist right now is really hard and so i 
I have this dread of feeling like I'm always going to have to compromise or at least like mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future, like compromise how I feel about the world and what I, what I feel like the world can possibly be by, cause I have to like pay my bills and I have to, and yeah. I, that for me right now seems to be like a really, seems to be something that I'm often comes into my mind, like looking forward, like, I don't know how we can actually create change if we're still just trying to like survive all the time. Yeah. yeah. Those, those circle of survival. Yeah. I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the rat race, the, like the, like engaging with your own survival. Um, but I guess like you're still engaging. I don't know. You're still thinking about surviving. And I guess like, I'm still, I, I kind of keep wanting to steer the conversation back to this time when you said like you, this like, I, when you said you had to swallow this idea that you would never <laughs> like um, yeah. dance a role that you felt accurately represented yourself. And I guess maybe like, have you ever made a solo for yourself? I have, I definitely uh-huh. have. Um, I don't love doing it. And I, yeah, it, it doesn't, I don't know, I, I do it. It has happened. I just, for some reason, it's not always like the right thing for me. Um, right thing, yeah. So I mean, that's because also there's a little bit of it. I feel a little bit, a little bit indignant because it's like, why do I, why do I have to make it yeah. for myself? Like when, like everyone else gets to feel that. Like it's not mm-hmm. fair, and I get mad. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, and I just. I shouldn't have to always be the one to reach out to the only other like working professional queer woman in ballet, right? Like I shouldn't be the one. It, it's like yeah, and, I, and and it's it always is on the shoulders of like the more marginalized people. Yeah. That is the way of the world. It has always been that way, and it will continue to be that way. But it's hard for me. It, it, I don't know. I think that gets away in the way sometimes of me working for myself. And I also, I also like, I prefer, I just, I, I prefer when I choreograph other people, I think mm-hmm. it brings it alive in a way that it doesn't work as well for me. somehow. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, solo work is really, I kind of have recently done a lot of solo work, but more also more because of circumstance than choice, mm-hmm. which has like, right. been interesting. And I, I agree with you. I think it's like really difficult. And I think often like people, I've had a lot of commentary that people find like a lot of anger or like violence um, in my work. And I'm like, oh yeah, probably. I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> it, it all comes out, but it's also, um, yeah, I think the so idea like, that you feel of anger. Yeah. I've had, I had that. I've had that a few times. Um, but I feel like that's kind of like a cop out of like, here I've seen a woman have any kind of feeling. Also, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I'd say I don't know if I'd call it anger. Well, I told you about the solo I did. Um, I went I, and I shouldn't have done it for this like specific format. It was kind of like a it was like a kind of like solo competition, and you like for contemporary dance, and you did it on this little round, and it was like a four minute time limit, and it was the solo that I kind of made, started making at the American Dance Festival in a really different environment and it was about kind of this ideas of like these like multiple identities and like trying to find you know like representation as like a female performer and feeling like the representation of my body is kind of like a cage so I sing the song about being like an animal in a zoo or animal in a cage um and I go through like three different characters like in under four minutes so 
Um, and the characters get kind of like increasingly more frustrated or desperate, like to like find a way to, out. And I just remember talking to um, like the two, I don't know, organizers or judges afterwards and like, oh, it's like really great material. But do you think maybe there could be like a fourth character? And I was like, well, you have four minute time limit and I did three, maybe. But like, I feel like that would be a question for like a larger format. They're like, yeah, because you know, we feel like it's a little negative. Like maybe there could be a fourth voice that is like hopeful and you know, finds the way out like, and like finds this way forward. I was like, yeah, I mean, I also hope so, but <laughs> um, that's like not, where I'm at right now, not the point I'm trying to make, which is everything is great for me all the time, you know. That's a very so. weird feedback. Um, I've got like, I don't know, that's, I, it's just kind of, I was wondering, I, I like her, at various times gotten kind of similar feedback to that though, like why, or like, what are you upset about? Or what, why are you angry? And also sometimes like um, performances where I didn't feel explicitly angry or, you know, like I didn't, I didn't feel like that was like the predominant emotion. Um, I mean, I really yeah. feel like it's sort of like the, a, a certain kind of person's reaction to like a woman performing with a kind of clarity, they mm -hmm. or or clarity or a kind of perspective that they they automatically um, prescribe to be angry. It's like like thing, there's I feel like there's some sort of like pie chart somewhere where it's like female emotions like. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Um, love, yearning, frustration, anger. You know, it just like turns into yeah. like, at any point, if it's not, if it's not like one of the certain kind of prescribed situations, it's like, ah, oh, it's mad. Right. Well, it's like hysteria. And it wasn't even, mm -hmm. like when, when women were, when women, when they would, when they were um, diagnosed as being hysterical with hysteria, it's like, it wasn't just like negative feelings if they were feeling like intense like you know arousal hey, hey, in stop. any way sorry everything's uh, good okay anyway i'm just saying like it's like it's not it's like but i like to your point i'm just saying like any emotion any strong emotion from a yeah. woman is like wow oh. hey but do you feel like just a question to the room um do you feel like if if you were a man, that, that a man would have gotten the same criticism from that same piece, if it was a man performing it. Um, no, I don't, um, and I don't like I. I think this is something also like I've experienced like through doing solos, which which is different than choreographing for other bodies because it is like my body um, performing it, and I think. In general, I've noticed it's, it's hard for people to talk to me like I am a creator when I perform a solo. They want to talk to me like I'm a performer, like, you know, I'm interpreting this, like, material that, like, magically operated from somewhere. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think this idea of, like, this, like, spectrum of emotion and these maybe emotions that people are so comfortable seeing women express or ideas even. And what I feel is, like, people often feel, like, maybe attacked or, like, I'm making some kind of indictment. Um, like you showed me one thing and then you tricked me like or it, i tricked them out of some kind of like viewing experience when maybe they're used to seeing like a woman being kind of like an, like the object you know the object of some kind of yeah yearning or sort of like 
love or like her like even if even if you're a solo performer a female on stage they kind of automatically assume you're directing your performance to like an omniscient sort of male perspective like the invisible male body that you are performing for and i think if you kind of try to call attention to that which is like a kind of a subconscious tendency that i think we all have just because of how much media we've consumed i think people feel yeah a little bit like indicted and i'm gonna say like i think specifically men feel indicted specifically older male visual artists <laughs> no but like i think yeah it's a i don't know i think it would be different if um i had a i had i mean if anybody is different any not anybody but any specific body that is performing is going to have a completely different like you know effect on the material that it's engaging right. with i think i'm really right. i really think that well and even if it were you performing it but if it were someone who wasn't you like mm -hmm. creating it you know if you weren't performing your own work but i just i often i often think also about how like just the what 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 we perform is when it went you know i don't know it's still the male perspective or it's still like a certain gaze being projected when it's not your own work and that also elicits different responses because if it had been a man creating this work people maybe would have been like wow like i don't know <laughs> like yeah and, and then you would I mean, still it, have you would still feel piece? othered by that what is, is this the syrup piece um that's like one of them also my masters was i did i mean uh, i did a solo for my masters as well and then i had also like several characters several characters where i like presented myself as maybe like a man or like a male character yeah. um said i was zeus at the beginning so you know i don't know but yeah I, I agree i think it's like um this idea of like authorship or or you know like i think in general people find out that there's like a female like like or movies that people find out like it's a female director like it often gets like judged in like different terms um yeah but if it was like a male making a solo for a woman for sure there's like a different i don't know discourse there mm -hmm. i don't know joseph what do you what do you like i also don't think like i think men can make wonderful solos for women too i'm not like i guess like what no. you were saying <laughs> what you're saying earlier it's not about like um excluding people from topics and I've like you know really my some of my favorite things I've danced have been from straight male choreographers so I'm not you know <laughs> um but I mean I, mean, I, have, I have so many questions um mm. what is wait what, what what is if you could if you could like boil down like the the like the rest of the conversation, like, where are we right now? We're in, is it okay? Like, who's making what? What's happening? What is the question? Yeah, wait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, what are we talking about? Like, we're talking about, like, misogyny and dance? Or, like, in, like, whose who's body is whose? Uh, I think, like, the context of bodies, like, maybe paired against content. Um, like, so like the content that you're trying to convey to the audience, like mixed with like the social context of your body. Mm. And I think that in relation to authorship, like who's creating and from what perspective are they creating? Like, I mean, I think this, this is the oft oversimplified, uh, discussion of, it's like what we were talking about before, like 
people that are staying in your corner and like only mm-hmm. authoring things that you understand, things that you know. Mm-hmm. There is, I think there's, there's an un, um, there's an unknowable amount of information that you need in order to make it palatable to a certain group of people. And these group, this group of people can either be described as woke or they can be described as learned. They can be described as uh, snobby. They can be described mm-hmm. all kinds of different ways. But we've just like, I think we fit now into this group. So we're trying, we, I think it's up to us to kind of define like what we need going forward and like what, like how we can best do this. Um, and I think that that is a good thing I just don't have the information. I don't have like the uh, litmus test for like where the where work can sit on a spectrum before I'm uncomfortable with it. It's like this quote we were talking about before about the Black Lives Matter dance. Like for mm-hmm. me, it just it it, it it just looks it looks opportunistic and and sad. And I can't really I can explain to you the like, you know, yeah, they made a disclaimer. Yeah, they included black dancers and doing it but like the imagery it just seemed it seems so forced and fake and so mm. like in that in that in that instance this this dance maker's ownership like this authorship i'm wanting to pull into question i don't know if that's necessarily helpful for everyone involved but it's how i feel about it and i think we're, we're in this kind of danger not dangerous but we're in this place now where we're like kind of talking about how we feel about situations and your feelings are they need to be valid about creation. We need to be able to mm-hmm. both be the ones making decisions because we're the ones making the work and dealing with the work. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we. I don't know if I have a, a good answer for that. And I wish I did. I think that's kind of like the point of talking to you guys is to, so I can learn more about more people's perspective on these things because it makes me feel better about an eventual dance world that we can maybe build. Did that make any sense? No, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm just thinking absolutely. like, yeah, conversation. I think maybe that's really what's imp- like, maybe what we're all saying, even like, like I would happily like, I, I like dancing for other people still, you know? And I think part of it is just like wanting to have a, a dialogue with the person creating. I think like that can also really help. Like, um, yeah, and I think generally also like just like being aware of the, like the material, having conversations, and get, and asking for perspective too, instead of creating work like in a bubble. Like I know J- Joseph and well, but you Caroline too. I know you guys do a lot of like collaborative mm-hmm. pe- projects, and I feel like there's so much value in having different voices and different eyes on on what's happening. And I feel like if more people can do that, especially when they're when their theme draws from kind of experiences that they don't know about, then mm. being self-aware enough to ask those questions and to learn about it during the process, like is gonna be better for everyone. So I, yeah, I agree. I would really love to see way more discussion, way more conversations and awareness. That's um, totally, it's totally up to you guys. I don't have a problem necessarily saying what pieces and choreographers I feel strongly about, but specifically about this, the piece that we were talking about earlier that we had talked about last summer or last, I think it was in the fall that it came out, like the fall season. I remember you were, you were in my house, Joseph, you were on, you were sitting on my living room floor with um, hand-pulled noodles, <laughs> a particular piece that we're talking about. Um, 
Oh no, it says my internet connection is unstable. Can you still hear me? Oh no. Hello? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're back. Um, anyway, and I don't have a problem talking about, about that specifically, only because I felt so deeply hurt by it, because I felt like it, it so deftly ignored my reality in, in that, in that particular space. I mean, if you're going to put a woman on stage in menswear, mm. surrounded, surrounded by tutu clad women, even if the tutus are deconstructed and they're kind of like attacking her and she's crumbling <laughs> to the ground in menswear on the New York City Ballet stage. Like, I don't, I, I, I think it, for me, I think it's okay to be clear about that because maybe I was the only person in that theater watching that piece who was like, this bastardizes my literal actual experience on mm -hmm. that stage. I might be the only person to have openly like had that experience mm -hmm. in that company. So I feel pretty incensed by it and like deeply, deeply hurt mm. by by that work. Anyway, I'm just What piece was that? Wait, 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 take a second. We're gonna we're about to get kicked off. Uh, what piece was it before we get kicked off? What was it? You'll, the shade is. You'll get the piece in a second. We have to. Like, okay. Uh, I don't want you to kick off in the middle of it. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. Bye. Okay. Uh. Wait. So I told Caroline. I was like, "What piece was it?" I was like, "I'll oh, leave it for Adriana to tell you." And I was like, uh. "He told me." What? Oh, he told you. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, oh, it yeah, called? I mean, it's called it's called um the shaded line. Uh. And I and I and look, here's the thing, because I don't wanna I don't wanna say I'm not like I'm not trying to be vicious here because I also think that it was choreographed with good intentions and I'm not gonna mm -hmm. say that anyone would you know, but that I think that is exactly the problem is that this piece was, you know, premiered and was covered by the New York Times and in the reviews people are saying like just that that she broke open ballet in in some way and 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 talked about these issues and and nobody felt no I guess nobody but me necessarily felt like personally attacked because it's my story <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I, and 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 I think and that's where I I felt because remember this came out a few months two months three months after I had just spilled my guts in this article about how hard it was for me to be queer in that exact community, in that exact world. It took me seven months to write it. And I know that, you know, no one cares as much about your per own personal experiences as you. And I know that that's like part of writing a personal piece like that. You have to kind of understand that. But I had just worked so hard to get that out there and then I find out about this other piece, like as it premieres, I don't, no one, no one again thought to, to like give me a heads up or say, hey, maybe you want to know, maybe you want to like know that this is going on. <laughs> like, uh -huh. and, and right as it came out as well, I was working on um, a little potata for two women to this, for this as a pop music video and was like trying really even though it was for a pop song like trying really hard to make it feel authentic and like a, 
a queer story that I felt was accurate and, and represented like two women in like just, I don't know, in a respectful, like real ass way. And then I found this out. So it was just a little bit difficult for me, I think. What do you think? Well, I mean, like, you know, um, I was at a place before, I don't know, I, I really think, like, I wish I didn't think of it in such binary terms, but I really, that for me, there was my choreographic work, the way that I looked at it before March, and the way that I'm looking at it now. And but I had, like, kind of ideas about, oh, I want to say something more and clear, but everything, everything in my work was very kind of vague and sad. It was a kind of like a vague sadness that was like, just like kind of humming around and all of the, all the dances. And now it was like, it's a very sharp, and I, I, know, I know exactly what's, what I want to talk about. And it's exactly what's wrong that I, the things that I want to, to articulate. And when I would see pieces like that, where I'd see kind of, oh, we're doing, it's, it's ballet, but it's two men now, or look at this one, he's black. You know, like I would get kind of this mad feeling, but I also I wouldn't have the the ground to stand on because like the work that I'm making, but I, I, I didn't have I didn't have a, such a close relationship to um, a cult like the like general culture in my work. I was kind of like you know when I got into the studio, I was playing around and I was in this kind of like safe little place and I wasn't engaging with that part of myself. So in a way, it was it would bother me a little bit, but it wouldn't bother me that much because like you know. I'm not engaging with these things. I, I would also, I think I would try to feel like dance is a, like, the, like you know, a couple years ago, I started making these pieces, this John Cage music. It was really just like things I like to see, you know, like dance in like like little shapes, people were doing shapes and it was quiet and you would hear them breathing really heavily and they were making shapes and dancing with each other and it would look on for a while and then it would be over. And I was like, yeah. Those are beautiful nice. though. They were great. I. I'm really a big fan of those pieces. Really? Um, yeah. The I mean, orange, what's it called? Orange, or, uh, orange mascot. Yeah. There was, a really, there was a really, one of the dancers was just adorable. Like, he's so cute. Amazing. But what was the piece yeah. called? Um, uh, Thief. That was beautiful. That was a beautiful piece. But I, I don't know. Sometimes I think about these things and I think like it was so, it was made of a place of like just making some beautiful dances. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's a good thing to think about. I don't know. Who knows? But the I don't know. I feel closer now to making to making more vocal works. So and now when I look at this stuff, I feel kind of like, well, stop. <laughs> like you can't you can't. Uh, this is not about getting more clicks. This is not about making the front page of the, of the arts and leisure section. People's bodies and experiences are not yours to play around with. This is not. And not to say that these pieces do that. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't honestly seen the whole thing. So like, take it as a, take it as you want. But like, I think that there's there's a when I first started waking work, I started reading a lot, and I felt super uneducated, and I felt like I needed to kind of catch up. I felt that I wanted to like get into the discourse around making dance, and I didn't want to just go into a studio and work with people that were like, yeah, do this thing that I thought of because that was dumb, and I've done that my whole career. So I would say that, you know, that should not be a thing we think about anymore. That should not be a way that we make things anymore. I don't know if that, no. Wait, which aspect though is something that we shouldn't be doing anymore? Um, Willy-nilly, uh, 
uh, what's this like cynical capitalism clickbait dance? But do you, I don't think you were making that. No, no, no. Uh, but I think in a way that was kind of like my there was a it was a bit of my soul was attached to this. A bit of my soul was attached to like if I could just get famous enough to pay my rent and a regular. But day. that's like what Adrian was saying. I think that's not like. It's legitimate to be like care about your survival first to be like okay i need to like fit my art somehow into a capitalist system that i can make money to survive i don't think that's like ever gonna go away you know or it's not gonna go away right now and that's like you're not a bad person for doing it like you should do that we all have to do it and we can't judge each other like for doing yeah. it we have to support each other so we can get to the place you know i don't know we're gonna have to do that um, what does what what in your mind okay so in that place like what in your mind what does what role does curation play in that situation for you like if you if we're all banding together like should we only band together with people who's like whose work we like mm. no i actually i don't think so i think that's why things like tonsnet's taste in like this little dance network that are um is in dresden is is good because like i think it fights for like if you're like being a dance maker you're making work like somewhere you should have your place and we're not gonna like cure like i think sometimes like uncurated i don't know this is tricky i i think there's like a like um legitimacy and fighting for other people's voices and like to like expand the size of the pie and to like know that maybe you're not gonna like dig around in like a certain area of the pie but you you appreciate it's like right to exist and like you can all fight for each other to like you know make the pie bigger it doesn't mean you have to create with everybody or like become less critical of people's work even like at an artistic level like you know or just like an aesthetics or taste we can we, we still have some claim to taste you know but uh, so Adriana, you said you were that you were like getting out of your hole. Like, is there some things that have been inspiring you recently, that are making you feel like better about the world? Well, uh, I mean, I think I think I, I have been hardened by. I mean, I, I think all of this is yet to be seen. We don't actually know like how much things are going to change after the past few months, but it has been heartening to see like actual organizations and institutions like taking active like steps to talk about things and change things or make policies um, to kind of change the way that we, that they think and work. I, I, whether it's about racism or even LGBTQ issues and what, whatever it is, I just, that to me has been has felt good just to feel like there's i hope caroline did you say something about hope earlier um but other than that i i'm really still just kind of in like a waiting an awkward like waiting phase of what's gonna happen and i don't know i don't know if that was a great answer to your question <laughs> no 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 i mean it was, it was honest no, I think it was great. Like, do you think they're, I don't know, waiting or boredom? Do you, do you sometimes feel like you have to, besides the ideas of like survival, I have to survive. Um, do you feel like part of it is also like our like intrinsic kind of drive all the time to like be productive 
and to like feel bad about it. I don't, is that, is that, has that been hard for you? Like to have to be like, I'm okay. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. I'm not doing anything. And also like, and then specifically like as a dancer, um, mm -hmm. that I, I, and I'm still, you know, planning on performing. Like I mm -hmm. just, my, I, I specifically really struggled with like my body and not being able to not have anything to to do today I can't go to the gym I can't I don't feel I can't dance the way that I really want to I don't have those resources right now I have no and then to feel like there's no future so then on one hand I'm like feeling like completely hopeless that there's nothing to do there's nothing to work for but on the other then it's like but if I'm not working for something then I don't know but I don't mm -hmm. it's just been so I've had a lot of like dancer like body image problems during this time that I feel like probably a lot of people are also going through that trying to like tell myself daily that like my identity is not my body. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a, a lifetime it's a, struggle. It's a lifetime struggle. <laughs> and I have to say, I have to say that once, once I left ballet, that has, it has become better mm -hmm. and easier to handle. Um, and my, you know, at first it was hard. My body changed. Um, yeah. Okay, my body changed when I started doing theater dance versus ballet. That was really difficult to accept, but then I felt like I actually, there was less pressure around my body as a dancer um, to, and I, I felt than I think I ever have before. Um, but I think that this pandemic has been difficult in mm -hmm. terms of that. Not feeling like I'm doing enough, not feeling like, I'm, I, I look like the way that I should, which is mm -hmm. not fair. It's not fair. Who should, what, what way, what should we look like when it's a pandemic? Like there's no should. It's yeah. not, I should be more productive or I should look like this. Like you can't. So that's been hard to kind of like dismantle for myself. Yeah. It's that, that capitalist body, baby. Babe. No, actually, I, I did. I um, I did a workshop a few years ago, and I just, I was the only person in the workshop who had had the kind of training that we have had. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anybody else has this, um, but like sometimes when I go, like, I'm in these settings, I do like really deliberately try to like suppress my technique, and I'm like, I'm also just like buying my body for the first time through these somatic processes, like. <laughs> <laughs> And the teacher like wow. just really called, like the teacher kind of, he didn't call me out, but he was kind of like, no, like you know like how to control your body, like a puppet master. Like, and he said, you know, your body can do all the things that a capitalist body should be able to do. Like, what are you gonna do with it? Like, what choices are you gonna make with it? I just felt so like, whoa, I've never felt so seen in my whole life. But, wow. Um, yeah, I was just, I think that's interesting because, um, yeah, I think we all have that. Like, as soon as we're not doing something, we're like, I am worthless and I have no value. And like, yeah, it's just exactly. like, it's, I mean, wanting to do, of course, like, I still want to do things. I don't want to do, you know, nothing, but also like, I also want to fight against these tendencies in myself and like, uh, yeah, not feel like I am a failure as a human being if I don't do my YouTube yoga, like. <laughs> right. Or whatever. So it's a... the YouTube yoga at some point was like really my bare minimum. I was like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna survive, I should need to do YouTube yoga. And then like doing it two times a week has been, if right. no, no one time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when. 
I don't have any physical practice at all. Like I have none. You have some. Come on. I have been every in the studio every with time you in the last two weeks. Only, has been the only time we've had a physical. Um, okay, I think we should probably wrap up soon because it's time to get up. And you, Caroline, has to go to sleep early because we have to meet in Dresden tomorrow morning. I gotta get on a bus. For performance art on the street. Wow. Sounds mm -hmm. great. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna exactly do, I'm gonna do performance doing. art on the street. It's super <laughs> I, regimented yeah. and we're gonna be dancing. There's a whole score. Uh, it was so great headphones. talking to you guys, honestly. Like, yeah, we can do like part glad. two also. We can yeah. do part two, Adriana part two next week. Sure. Yeah, great. I thought this was a great conversation. It was so fun. It's always it's always nice to, to like have extra people because then we don't get as subconscious and scared. I think sometimes we're just like, oh no, we're having opinions. Ah, we should have less opinions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you guys <laughs> have, have I opinions. Mean, you guys are like two of the smartest people I know, and so I just love Aww. like hearing what you have to say. And anyway, and we both have cool ghost backgrounds. You do. <laughs> I'm back. You're definitely two yeah. of the coolest people I know also, so. <laughs> oh my god, somebody, Adriana thinks I'm cool. I was, <laughs> I was a nerd in high school, so still, you know, that has an effect. If somebody says I'm cool, it's like, oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Wait, okay, so I'm gonna, we can count down, and then I'm going to take the recording off. Okay, five, four, three, two, bye, everybody. <laughs>